welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. Welcome, Joel Yee. Hello, Joel. Hey, Larry. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you uh, on. Excited about this from Vancouver. Yes, sir. Vancouver, we're, Canada. We're going coast to coast. And uh, uh, Joe, who's monitoring things, is in Ireland. So we're from Ireland to Palm Beach, Florida to Vancouver. Nice. So we've got the we've got the globe covered, or at least part of it. Yes. And, uh, which uh, the point of that is people all over the world want to do something big and they're looking for answers. And it's amazing to me how strong that desire is in so many people, because that desire is what fuels accomplishment, because it fuels people looking and uh, for answers, the right people to follow and uh, uh, causes them to pay attention when they do find it and actually use it, you know, and uh, uh Without that drive, it's just going to be too hard. And so thank goodness there are people like you and the people that uh, listen to you and work with you around the world, because this is where all of the great things in the future are going to come from. It's coming from the driven people who want, can, can, you know, they just feel like there's more out there. They want to do something special with their life. They want to make an impact. And they look at other people and they say, they're special, but I could be special too. And so uh, they just need some direction. So congratulations for getting off to such an amazing, uh, uh, productive start early in your career. So let's dig into how that happened. But give let's just give people a taste, uh, you know, some of the what do you think are your biggest uh, accomplishments? But so as a background, you've got you do have seven years of uh, uh, of time with the in with the uh, the Army Reserve or the correct the U.S. Yeah, Army, Army Reserve and the U.S. Army Reserve, and that's been a big piece of your formative uh, experience. And we don't talk about that enough. You know, I think about what a value that can be to people in terms of you know. To get some discipline in your life, you don't have to sign a four-year commitment. You can actually get in the reserves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. You know, and you can kind of pick up a lot of those things without out uh, throwing your, you know, your whole four or five years of your future, locking it up, you know. Absolutely. But uh, so we want to tap into that. But uh, you know, you're on you've got a lot of accomplishments, but how do you get on the Forbes Council, whatever that that what is that? That you're on yeah, the Forbes Business Council. Yeah. How do you get on that? You have to have a company that does over a million dollars in revenue. You go through an application. Um, I, I did this a while ago. I believe that's an interview because I've done a few. And then yeah. once you're approved, you're in. But they check based on your merit and the businesses that you've run and what you can bring. So it's not about just taking, right? It's about what you can give, what you can bring to the table for the rest of the members too. And what does what is the table? Uh, what once you get in, what happens? What do you yeah. do? So you are in a forum with other Forbes uh, council members. So you can send direct messages to people. You can connect. You can write articles. You can answer questions. You can get them published. So it's really a place where you can 
speak your thoughts as an expert and share right your insights. Sounds like a high level LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah, and you can apply for it. You know, that's that that that's the one uh, the one thing people like me who've never even thought about it was like so many of these awards out yes. there are. Uh, you, you can apply for them. You know, I, I thought they all came looking for you, but it's just like, no, no, you have to raise your hand and say, what about me? Look at me over here in the corner, you know? All right. Well, you have to pass your uh, application process too. But yes, you apply and then you go through the interviews. And so uh, how did you hear that, hear that you could even do that? I work with, um, so I have a PR guy. His name is Ulysses. And he actually works with a lot of entrepreneurs. And basically they have different, they have different aspects of PR, right? They have press releases, articles, you know, podcasts, TV shows, awards, um, stage speaking events, uh, groups like these, right? Like the entrepreneur.com, the Inc. group, the Forbes group. And basically, not all of them you can apply for. Some of them you have to be selected, right? But right. the ones that you do qualify for, you can try your best to apply and make it through. But I heard it from him. And uh, it shows me that you were... Uh looking ahead, looking forward to even have a PR guy. How'd you get a PR guy? How'd you find out about Ulysses? It's funny, Larry. Um, I was at an event last October in Miami. Uh, with one of my mentors, his name is Jeremy Haynes. He runs media buying Facebook ads uh, agency, right? For clients. And Ulysses, or Ulysses spoke at that event. And when I heard about it, you know, I realized one thing, which is like, this is true of the internet marketing space of the world that I'm from, right? Is that there are so many people, we call them the um, the experts, the unknown experts, right? Which is actually right. not a good, a good thing because, you know, people are so good at what they do, but because they have no visibility, right. the world doesn't, the world can't see their true potential, right. can see their value. And so I didn't want to be an invisible expert. Right. I wanted to be a visible expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's how I got connected with Ulysses. Yeah. And uh, the sign that he was probably pretty good at his job is the fact that he was speaking on stage and he was promoting himself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you like to find uh, successful leaders to follow. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it takes a lot of the guesswork about whether or not uh, I should pay attention to this person or not, you know? Yeah. And and to be fair, he's worked with some of the biggest names, right? Like Ed Milet, Josh Snow, right? Uh, Rudy Moore, some of the biggest entrepreneurs in our space. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, let's get going on how you got, what, what I see about you is you've been able to compress uh, into the early years, which are difficult to make a lot of progress in the early years of your career because uh, you're most of us are trying to learn the basics. We're really not sure what we want to do. We're making our contacts, getting experience. Basically, uh, we're in a survival mode, you yes. know, and trying to uh, uh, make our mark, climb up. We don't know what that means. But in terms of uh, uh, doing the things, the variety of things that you've done, you've you've made a lot happen in a short period of time. And what that's done has equipped you for a lifetime of, of being able to use that experience in those yes. contacts. Yes. And so, you know, that's incredible advantage. So how did this get going? Wow. 
Um, I'll, I'll share with you the story of how I got started, uh, which is a pretty fun story. I think it it will resonate with a lot of people. Um, I do now. Before I share that story, I, I did want to add one thing that you said, which is really important. Um, there is, at least to my, in my in my experience now, there is that there is that benefit of not necessarily being in survival mode because it's not good to be desperate and chasing right. skills, right? But sometimes you have to. <laughs> you yes. know, yeah. yeah. What I've learned is that in a part of my career, what I did wrong was I tried to elevate my lifestyle too quickly, right? Uh, when you start getting success yeah. in your head, oh, I'm going to buy this fantasy thing. No, that's not, that's not good. So yeah. what I've learned now is like, I'm more mature. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to live my life at a very certain level. And I'm not going to increase it, but it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm in survival. I'm just living in a way where I'm okay. I'm happy with what I have. Right. So I think I found, I learned it's a happiness is a trainable skill. I, yeah. I used to think that people could be born happy or not happy, but I think you could actually train happiness. So yeah. I've learned to, to flex my happiness muscle, to be content. Yeah. With my, I think that's pretty key to, to, to being successful, right? In this space. Yeah. For those of you who are sick and tired of fooling around and are dead serious about wanting to move up fast, I've got something especially for you. I've combined the best insights from over 40 years in business and making $70 million in income and compress them into a free webinar. That's right, it's a free resource. If you want to find out exactly what the concepts are that I use in coaching million dollar earners, register now at widelonwinning.com. You'll discover the five part framework used by so many to reach their financial, personal, and professional goals. You can find that link in this episode's show notes. And the survival mode is full. You know, you got food, shelter, clothing for, for you and the people that, that depend on you for support. But that doesn't mean you have to be a wild consumer so that that survival level food, shelter and clothing is a penthouse in the biggest city in town. And, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the the. Uh, Nothing but the most uh, expensive restaurants and everything. Yeah. Right. The right. thing is, you uh, the you like to build your net worth uh, as once you get that that income and everything. You you get the basics covered to give yourself financial independence because that frees up your thinking. Now you're now you can relax and know that you're going to be able to survive and uh, or and in my case, feed my family. Uh, which uh, uh, is Im is important. You know, you want them to be able to get the groceries and have the clothes and everything like that. But then uh, when you get extra income, you pass that threshold, the more uh, and the quicker you can get a nest egg built up and starting to accumulate, uh, that gives you a, a peace of mind starts to get over. And then, and then you're able to think about what do I really want uh, to be doing with my life, what 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 do what's valuable to me, and to me that's what winning is. That's why I make it a big deal of this. Yeah. Is like winning can be uh, working at a charity. It could be you know some people you know they they're motivated by helping other people. We have a guy uh, down the street uh, from where I live, Jack the Bike Man, and he's built uh, for the last 25, 30 years. He's uh, raised money. He's you know he. He looks like a homeless guy, basically, in terms of his clothing and his personal car. You know, he doesn't spend money right. on that, but he, right. he has massive 
empire he's built up of where they get used bikes, repair yeah. them, and then hand you know turn them out back into the neighborhoods and everything. But that's his motivation, not not Absolutely. you know. And yeah. so uh, it can be whatever your motivation is is to be winning. It's like, are you doing what you want to do with your life? When did you get to the point now where you started to uh, get uh, decisive about choosing this, choosing that. And uh, cause you don't have this kind of uh, results. You don't make this kind of progress uh, by accident. There's right. a design, there's a design right. and a right. discipline. And so talk about how you got going. What was, what was your want to, or and what age were you, you know? Yeah. So to me, so we're talking about the design of what my significant, what significance means to me personally. Is that right. the question? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. What, what was motivating you? Uh, and what was, uh, yeah. What was motivating you when you got started to say, okay. yeah. I'm a nobody, I'm a young kid. I'm coming up. I've got to make my mark. What was your drive? Let me, yeah, this is, this is great. I'm glad you asked it. So you don't know this, Larry. I don't think many people do. Um, yeah actually an immigrant to the country now when i say i'm an immigrant i'm an okay immigrant. you got to get out you, you've left the secret out you got to leave now right exactly <laughs> <laughs> not my parents right i'm not first generation i am the immigrants i immigrated here to the u.s but you I immigrated my, wow. I yeah i'm a local. i got married a few years ago but i my family's not here my my family's back in malaysia really congratulations yeah. That's yeah, but this is the this is the turning point in my life. So when I I was born and raised in Malaysia, um, I got a chance to come to the U.S. back in 2012 when I was 16. Wow. And when I came to the U.S., I was just like an ordinary international student. I just wanted to come and get a college degree, and you know maybe one day go back home and, and do something back home. Um, but here's the turning point: when I came to the U.S. And I met my, you know, American fellow American peers, right? So I'm actually, right. I actually came to the U.S. So I live in Canada now, but I'm from the huh. U.S. So this is where right. the story gets a bit interesting. But yeah. when I came to the U.S. and I met my American peers, the one thing I realized that really blew my mind was how much opportunity and blessings that the American people had in front of them. And what was shocking to me was comparing myself going from a developing country, right, like in Malaysia. To America, how few people took advantage of this situation? How few people? What was your age? What was your age? I was 16 when I came to the U.S. So we're still 16. And how did you immigrate by yourself? I mean, were you you're turn, you're yeah. leaving parents? I yeah. mean, you know, uh, how what? Because when you go at 16, this has been developing for a few years. This is not like okay, I'm going to the United States tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? There's, things have been simmering inside of you. That things, yeah. situations have been going on for years. Yeah. You have to set this up. To be, to be fair, I just, you know, I just wanted to leave home. I just, I, I grew up in a very strict, restrictive Asian household, like very controlling. I had to get perfect grades. So the moment I had a chance to leave my, my home, I, I just left. So I, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was really? you know, trying to be big or anything. I was trying to leave. <laughs> trying to get out yeah and so if, were there other many brothers brothers and sisters there i'm the only child oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but this is the only child and you left good lord your parents are over there in withdrawal 
this is how I close. This is how I convinced my mom. My dad was okay. My mom, it was hilarious. So, so I, I think you know this, Larry. You probably heard the stereotype that every Asian kid will become a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. That's right. it. Okay. Yeah. Now, in order for me to get my mom's approval to come to the U.S., I told her I was going to be a doctor. Okay. That, that's <laughs> what. That's what made her would go like, okay, fine. If that's the case, I'll let you go. Now. Yeah. She, you know, she was, she cried for like six months after she left me, right? Yeah. In the US. But, yeah. uh, but to answer your question, how I immigrated was back in 2019, three years after I got to the US, the US government, back then it was Obama, he, he reopened a program called the Military Accession Vital to National Interest. It's an army specific program where, really? yeah, they allow foreign nationals, you have to, you have to meet two criteria. You right. had to be either a medical professional, which I wasn't, or right. you had to speak a foreign language that they needed. Ah. So I spoke a foreign language that the military needed. And ah. so I, I enlisted, right? I enlisted and I became a U.S. citizen. Fast wow. track through that. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, that's it. That's how I became, that's how I immigrated here. Ah, congratulations. And so you had to have your antenna up. How long did this whole process take? Oh, man. Um, so. I heard about this program in 2015, uh, probably in early 2015. I joined, I enlisted June 8th, 2015. I went to basic training February 2016, and I became a U.S. citizen April 2016. So in less than a year, I went from being a Malaysian citizen to becoming a U.S. citizen. Wow. Crazy fast. Yeah, crazy fast. And so citizenship was part of the deal. You wouldn't, you're not yes. getting like a green card or you're getting no citizenship. Yeah. Right? We skipped, we skipped the green card process. It was, it was unheard of. Yeah. And so you've already demonstrated early on your ability to sell in talking your mom into, uh, uh, and your, your instincts and yes. figuring out the doctor is my, is the way I can sell this thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That was it. And I never became, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in medicine, right? I, I did not do that. Right. I, I won't, I won't tell her. Uh, did you, uh, 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 was there a program with the military where you could have possibly gone in and they would have put you through school and become a doctor or something like that? Was, was that part of the, the con for your mother or something like that? Oh, no. You know, when I, when I came to the U S and, um, before I joined the military, um, at that point, I think she already knew. She already knew that I wasn't going to yeah. do medicine, right? Okay. All right. She. Yeah. Now she was terrified though when I told her I want to join the U.S. military. Obviously, right? She was terrified. Right. Um, but thankfully, you know, everything has gone well so far. I, I also did go to speaking about paying, you know, paying for tuition in school. Right. I actually joined um, ROTC or ROTC back in my right. university, sure. and that's where I commissioned. I became a commission officer, and they paid for my bachelor's degree. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So when you you're in school, what do you what what does it dawn on you you want to study? You know, this is the part where, like I said, it was funny because initially I told my mom I wanted to do medicine. So I started biology, organic chemistry. I hated it. And I was like, okay, this is not gonna work for me. I'm going to switch to communication. And you should you should look at my the expression of my mom's face when I told her that. On, over over Skype or Zoom back then, really? she was like, "There is like she was mad, she was pissed." <laughs> like you you told me you're coming to the U.S. to be a doctor, and now you're going to be a communications major. 
it was yeah it was bad right it was bad but she finally accepted it right (laughs) but yeah i did communications as my first bachelor's and then when i when i went back for rotc the military um i had to stay for another extra year with the military so i just said you know what i'm gonna pick another degree like a double major so i majored in computer science yeah communication and computer science on my bachelor degrees okay and so as you're you're getting out now where how soon is uh, our ideas uh, crystallizing in your mind about the real direction you're going to go? What intrigued you uh, uh, specifically? You know, what did you like and what did you not like? Yeah, well, this is what I didn't. OK, this is what I didn't like when I graduated and I commissioned as an officer in the National Guard in the reserves. Right. I needed to get a full time job. Right, a full-time paying job because obviously my 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 military service was only part-time. Um, and the, the biggest piece that I didn't like was when I was applying for jobs, I only got job offers that were wanting to pay like 40k a year. That was it. And I thought to myself, there is no way my parents sent me all the way to this country, borrowed thousands of dollars from my uncle, and I had to go get scholarship, go and spend five, six years in school to then come and get a 40k year job right? right i knew there had to be a, i knew there had to be a different way right like, i wasn't trying to be rich at that point i was just trying to like i was like this is just too little like and that's right. when that's when my journey into entrepreneurship started right that was the turning uh-huh. point yeah and uh i might as well ask you now well i might as well ask you now in your instagram you yes. have entrepreneur and then Christian, I guess, yes. or, or Jesus. No, yes. Jesus. Yes. Entrepreneur yes. and Jesus yes. and a cross emoji. And yes. what, what, why is that? Yeah. So a big part, and this is part of my story I want to share is that um, I grew up in church, but in the early years of my life, especially as a kid, teenager, I um, did not have a relationship with God myself personally. Right? right. It wasn't until a few years ago, again, when I'm you know more mature, I look back and I realized Literally, all of the the blessings and the reason I am who I am today and where I am today and why I'm even here is thanks to God. And mm. so now I've made it a, a a passion for me to to share the good news when it when it makes sense to people that are willing to hear. Because people ask me, "Well, Joe, how did you become like that? How do you get so successful? What do you you know?" And I'm like, "It really isn't me. Yeah. Right? I give thanks to a, a higher being, and in this yeah. case, it's Jesus and God." Yeah. Well, there's a congratulations on reaching that level of maturity at an early age again, because there's there are people that are 90 to 100 years old that have not reached that level of wisdom. <laughs> I appreciate that. Larry. They don't realize. Wait a minute. There's something else going on here than, than just you, you know. Yeah, it's not it's not me. I can tell you for a fact it's not me. I'm just allowing him to use me as his vehicle. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whitealamwinning.com. Thanks for listening.